How's it going, ladies and gentlemen? Just our typical bullshit here. Well, yeah, with you it is. Andy's typical stuff today. What happens? Run in that mouth. Put it. Tried to get him to bet. He wanted. He wanted to bet. He even said, "You want to bet today?" We bet on whether the Green Bay Packers were playing the Cowboys this year in Dallas or in Arlington. And Andy, oh, you want to bet? Uh-huh. Sure, let's bet. Well, you can see the fucking backtracking going on <laughs> as soon as I said that. Andy got up, got on the computer, phone, looked it up. Guess who was right again? I don't know how I missed that, ladies and gentlemen, being the diehard Packer fan that I am, but... Uh, You're not a diehard Packer fan either. You're so full of shit about that. The fuck are you talking about? When did you become a diehard Packer, Packer fan? A diehard Packer fan is someone that supports their team all the time. I do support them no, all the time. you didn't either. You was a Minnesota Viking fan for a year or two. I was a Brett Favre fan, and now and the Favre's out of the way. Jet fed. Now the Favre's out of the way. I've been a diehard Packer fan since that day. If they trade Aaron Rodgers tomorrow and they start to start Deshaun Kaiser, are you going to be a Packer fan? It's going to be tough. Exactly. That's what I thought. You're not a Packer fan. You're a sellout. To all them cheddarheads that think you're really a good guy no. in Wisconsin, Listen, they're finding he, out what kind of sellout you are. They would even be like, oh, fuck, it's Deshaun Kaiser. This is going to be hard to rally around. No, they wouldn't. Yes, they they're would. They're Packer too. fans. They would, too. Andy. I rest my they case. Were part, they were fans when Don Mikowski was the quarterback. You don't even well, know Don yeah, Mikowski the magic is. man. Uh, he wasn't very magic. Well, ACLs will do that to you. Anyway, thank you for listening to this podcast. Jeff's lucky he's across from the table. I'd slap the fuck out of him right now. Oh, boy. This podcast is brought to you by the one and only Dive Bomb Industry. God almighty. The best. What in the hell is going on now? That's the worst cup of coffee I've ever had in my life. Tony just made. <sighs> he, see, he's just bitches all the time. It's not Folgers. Whatever. It's not. Well, this pro- this podcast brought to you by Dive Bomb, Jeff. Greatest decoys there is. The best decoys, the world's shittiest coffee. Jeff's drinking it over there. Snow goose season is still going on, you poor bastards. Uh, but if you need some snow silhouettes, look no further than DiveBombIndustries.com. Get you a big, big spread. Numbers are the way to go in 2019. Get you those numbers without breaking the bank die bomb industries and jump on board and get you some start start building your spread for next year supposed to be a horrible winter i saw the long-term forecast today so go ahead and plan on it we're gonna have the polar vortex of october 2019 will be here soon well i hope that you're correct jeff yes me too this podcast is also brought to you by 737 the boys in oklahoma making a hell of a duck call they do make a hell of a duck call the old number one that's when the judge blows They've also got your double reads, if you're a double read kind of guy. Also have goose calls. So, look them up, 737 Duck Calls. It's never too early to get that duck call for this this upcoming season. And our good friends at Lucky Duck Decoys. Yep, Lucky Duck Premium Decoys, the best spinners on the market. Get the ones with the remote, get the ones that are waterproof. If you're a coyote hunter, they got you set up there, and turkey season's coming up. If you're looking for a great turkey decoy, Look no further than LuckyDuck.com. Just go shopping. It's tax refund season. Use your tax refund on that. You know, you need it. This show is also brought to you by Athlon Optics. If you're doing any kind of outdoor activity, it could be bird watching for all, for all I care. You need a good set of binoculars. Go to Athlon Optics and look them up. Get great binoculars at a rock bottom price. You don't have to break the bank on high-quality binoculars. It's what I use every day. It's what I'm going to use when turkey season comes up. 
And this show is also brought to you by Boss Shot Shells. Turkey season's right around the corner. Go order you the Boss Tom. It is out now. It is shipping. I know the guys up there are really excited about Boss Tom. So look them up at BossShotShells.com. And if you want to order uh, a case or two for waterfowl season, they're still making those. So BossShotShells.com and they can get you everything that you need. This podcast is brought to you by the ones that illuminate the darkness. Sea light LEDs. Jeff has them on his truck. I can't get anybody to put them on mine. Jeff, Jeff, Jeff doesn't have it. Jeff doesn't have his on his door. Is that a wreck? They're fixing it to put them on again. They're gonna put them on again. They survived the wreck though. Yes, they did. They're good. They're they're, they're good. They brighten up everything. Perfect. I I needed them the other day doing the hog hunt. Went to click the old toggle switch and thought Todd didn't put that back on yet. They weren't there. Put them on your truck, trailer, or boat if you're doing that bow fishing. First of all, you told me you didn't want to have uh, lights on your truck because you didn't want to look like a douchebag with the jacked up truck in the. In the I don't um, have a jacked up truck. So oh, can, so I you just look like half a douche. One or the other. <laughs> one or the other. Sealightleds.com <coughs> illuminate the darkness. Stuff works great. I highly recommend it. This show is also brought to you by William and Chris Wines. Texas wine gets you a nice. <laughs> Valentine's Day's over. Sorry. Hope it got you laid. Go to HEB, one of those hoity-toity uh, whole food type of type of places, and you can get you some William Chris wines. It is Texas-made, Texas-bottled. Uh, Everything's in Texas. He's very, very proud of that fact, Mr. Chris Brundrick is. So, or you can order it online if you want to go that route. It's up to you. But I'd just go to HEB and get it. So that's William and Chris Wines, williamchriswines.com. And finally, this show is brought to you by Stanfield Hunting Outfitters. Been in business 25 years. Got me working for them, so everything will be all right. <laughs> You'll be running the place. Mm. You, yeah. have better, you have better management skills than Tony does. Ah. Well, that, that's probably true. That is true. That's probably true. If you're wanting to do something this spring, turkey hunting, we still got some turkey dates available. Look us up, stanfieldhunting.com. You can call us, 940-658-3172. We're also selling some hog hunts for this uh, this spring. If you're wanting to get out this fall, it's never too early. As a matter of fact, the sooner you call, the better, because our dates are going, and they're going fast. So uh, do we have any dove openings? Anything? I've got two weekends I can work in in the first seven weekends. i got some weekdays left for a group. We got, yeah, dude, I have opening day. I have the opening day, the first, and the second, which is a Sunday and Monday. And I'll have a special. I'll pick, fix them. We'll, we'll start and plugging that pretty quick. remember to enter into our giveaway. All you got to do is leave a review on iTunes. Title it. One year anniversary. Or- one year anniversary. That way we know that it is for this giveaway. And it's four people. Dove hunt, morning of the first. and first second and with second. lodging and breakfast. Can't beat it. So that's our current giveaway, and if you're wanting to get on the books for this upcoming fall goose season, get a hold of us because dates are limited. So anyway, that is uh, that is all of our great sponsors. Be sure to look some of these guys up. And on this episode of the podcast, we are joined by New Hunter. She's a bodybuilder. She's an airline flight attendant. You can't say stewardess anymore. Uh, Natasha Mansfield. This was her first full year of waterfowl hunting. And we have her on to talk about kind of what she learned and what she's hoping to accomplish in the years to come. We also get a couple kick-ass tales from the air as, uh, that she talks about 
with her time being a, a flight attendant. So this was a fun one. We're glad that she came on. So anyway, here she is, Natasha Mansfield. Okay, three, two, one, boom, and welcome to the Big Honker Podcast brought to you by Dive Bomb Industries. I'm Jeff Stanfield. And I'm Andy Shaver. Natasha Mansfield is on the line with us today. How are you doing, Natasha? I'm doing really well. How are you guys? We are doing wonderful. Is it cold? You're in Idaho, right? I'm in Utah. Utah. Damn it, I knew it was. I couldn't remember which one. Now, judging by your Instagram, you were in L.A. just a couple days ago, weren't you? I was in LA a couple days ago for work. Oh my goodness! Were you glad to get it was out of there? Nice there? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I am not a fan of California, but it does have some nice weather, most definitely. Now you are a flight attendant, is that correct? Yes. So tell me a story. What's what's the worst guy? What's the biggest asshole you've ever had on a plane? <laughs> All of them? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I um. Ooh. I had a lady come onto the plane and, uh, or excuse me, let me back up. I had a guy come onto the plane. He was this older gentleman. He had some fragile items he put into an overhead bin. And um, it was in one of these like uppity cities out in Colorado. Um, I had, following, I had a lady that came in and she was pissed that the guy took up the overhead bin with his fragile items that we had no other place for. Mm -hmm. And so she comes up and she starts yelling that she has no space for the overhead bin. And she starts slamming her backpack into the overhead bin. And she says, (laughs) I don't even care whose stuff this is. She's like, it's going to get broken because this is my spot. Mm. And I said, (laughs) ma'am, I'm like, let me help you. Let me get your bag. And then she just kept interrupting me saying, no, this is my spot, this is my spot. <laughs> and so finally, after like about four times, now keep in mind the flight attendant in the back, her jaw just like dropped from like the way this lady was acting. Um, I could have kicked her off at this point in time, but I didn't because I just want to get to point from A to B. Right. Really? <laughs> so um, what happens is uh, I get her bag somewhere else eventually after she threw her toddler tantrum basically is what it was and we i mentioned to the guy that it happened to that he might want to just check his uh fragile item just in case um you know something happened to it and so she overheard me and her husband wasn't Basically, they belong together, <laughs> that type of thing. You could just tell that they belong together. They're just kind of just snuck, stuck up knobs. Mm-hmm. Um, so he just, they both chuckle as if it doesn't matter. So we get on the ground, 
eventually because she had tried apologizing to me and I told her, I'm like, you don't need to apologize to me. You need to apologize to him. Mm-hmm. And so we get on the ground and the guy who's with his son blurts out loud, loudly like, oh, I guess I'm going to need to check my fragile items since someone decided to slam their bags into it. <laughs> and then they start going back and forth um, fighting with each other. And then the dude that it happened to wants security on the ground. And here I am. So I used to commute to Chicago and this was like the last flight of my trip. So I just want to go home. Mm-hmm. I don't want to deal with security or anything like that. And so the guy <clears throat> asked for security on the ground. And then I had to tell the lady that I almost kicked her off. And then <laughs> she goes, huh? how could you kick me off? You know, just like acting, yeah, just acting like she can come onto the plane and do whatever she wants. And, you know, I obviously explained to her that she can't come on acting like basically a little toddler. And so once we pull up to the gate, I call the pilots and I have them. I don't think police ended up coming. This was a while ago. Police didn't end up coming, but there was a, like a gate agent, like a higher up gate agent that came. And as soon as we landed and I got everybody off the plane, like I just started <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't want to deal with these guys anymore. Like how it's, and just, yeah, you, I could go on and on about other stories. Do, but. <laughs> do you have a lot of, I guess you've ran into a lot of celebrities while you fly. Yeah. I've, let's see. I've had, um, Kevin Costner. Oh, wow. You gotta be careful yeah, around him. I, He's a pervert. Kevin Costner is? I don't know. I haven't, I haven't like looked into that kind of stuff. I don't really follow celebrities. He was trying to, he was trying to do the Bob Kraft move. Uh, I think in, I think in a hoity toity place in Colorado, he tried to do the Bob Kraft move, but he. Kevin Costner did? Yeah. I didn't know that. What's the Bob Kraft move? The old hand job. The Bob, the Robert Kraft move. The, the, uh, owner of the Patriots. The guy, the hand job in Florida. Oh. At a massage parlor. Yeah, Kevin. Yeah, I never knew that about him. It was about ten years ago, I think. Yeah, oh, he's wow. a good, he's a great actor, though. It, yeah, I mean, at least he's got that going for him, right? Yeah. So, uh, who? <laughs> what? Uh, what other celebrities have you seen? Oh, uh, let's see. I've had um, Chris Tucker. Oh no shit! And Chris Tucker is. Yeah. Oh wow. He was. I was in uh, the back of the aircraft, and he comes on. He's first that come. He's one of the first people that comes on him and his bodyguards, and so he comes back um, to use the restroom. And I'm just kind of doing my thing in the back, you know, doing like security stuff. And he, um, at the moment he spoke, because you know how he has just that mm-hmm. unique tone yep. of voice. Yep. I was like, who is that? And he had a hat on, and so as soon as he comes out, I'm like, oh, my God, that's Chris Tucker. <laughs> and so during the flight, I bend down, because I'm Asian. I'm half Asian, excuse me. Yeah. And I'm like, hey. Is, this is the guy like, from Friday? Smokey. The black guy? This is the guy from uh, Rush Hour. Rush Hour, yeah. He's yeah. a funny son bitch. Yeah. Yeah, the guy with Jackie Chan. Yeah. So I bend down, and I'm like, hey. I'm like, do I... Do I remind you of Jackie Chan? <laughs> and he's like, what? <laughs> he's oh, like, maybe shit. his knee. I'm like, okay, I'll give it to you. Yeah. And so, anyways, um, let's see, who else? I had some dude from Grey's Anatomy. I don't watch those kind of shows, oh, so man. I wouldn't really know. Um, I've had people who've had, 
Britney Spears on their flight. Now she is smoking hot. Now, That's my dream woman. What airline do you, what airline so. do you work for? I I fly so I fly for uh, four airlines. I mainly work for Skywest, which is a regional company. Uh-huh. And we fly for Delta. We fly for United, American, and Alaska. So, like, if you're following me and I'm, like, posting Delta stuff or you see Delta planes and then, like, Alaska planes the next time, right. like, that's because I'm on different trips with different airlines. So, is Britney Spears as yeah. hot as she looks like she is on TV? She didn't get her. It was friends. Oh, your friends got her. Okay. No, yeah, no. it was my friends. But I don't know. I um, hope so because I love her. Oh, she's beautiful. Don't hold that against me. Oh, I think she's. <laughs> I think she is the cat's meow, I'm telling you, and I'm an old guy. So... <laughs> So how many how many flights can you and we're going to talk hunting here later so just everybody just chill okay you know she she does hunt also but this is something I've never talked to about so um yeah. how, how many different flights can you do in a day is it just one two what is it we i've done up to 6 flights in a day Whew. so yeah it's a lot um sometimes like we'll go on trips that have like Mm, for mo- generally it's four a day mm-hmm. like the last trip i just got off was off of was four um and it's exhausting uh oh, six, i can imagine i i'll pick up trips here locally in utah and i'll only pick up the six leg flights that i'm like desperate for hours right. and money yeah. <laughs> so it doesn't happen very often because i get fatigued for sure after talking that much and and yeah. that, that's six in one day. Mm-hmm. Six flights in one day. So do you, uh, so. The, the stewardess back in the day, they always had the reputation as they partied and hung out with all the, the pilots and stuff. And most of, yep. most of the stewardesses I know are tired. Do you, y'all do a lot of partying afterwards or what goes on there? Well, What's the nightlife? I know it has, um, <laughs> its reputation in the past. And don't get me wrong, there definitely are still those uh, flight attendants and pilots who do that, but it's not very often, and it depends on what base you're coming out of. So if you're coming out of, like, what's called a junior base where there's all, like, newer flight attendants, like, the lifestyle is brand new to them. Mm-hmm. They want to go party every night yeah. in different cities and whatnot. Um, I've definitely known some flight attendants who have uh, boyfriends in different cities Ooh. and also pilots who have girlfriends in different cities or boyfriends because, you know, just female pilots too. Right. Yep. <laughs> so, um, but it's, it's not as the, uh, reputation doesn't come across like as often as people I think think it does. Right. And so, yeah. Um, there's the people who are slam clicker. Sometimes I'm, I'm actually turning into one cause I've been there forever <laughs> where, you know, after a full day of flights, we, just kind of go to our hotel room and like they call them slam clickers so they just slam their door and you know click the <laughs> lock <laughs> that's it <laughs> we've been there done that yeah so but yeah most definitely i i could i could see where a younger person who's you know in new york city for the first time wants to go out and experience that or it's name uh-huh. a, you know name a city and you know, want to experience it, but I can't imagine, uh, doing that for very long and being any good at, you know, at being any good at your job the next day. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> I know, I don't know any real situations about Arkansas, but I know that there are those who have, uh, come to work drunk, Ooh. pretty drunk the next day. Yeah. Which is not good. Yeah. It's better than I mean, the pilot being drunk. I know them. 
Yeah, I don't personally know them, excuse me, but I mean, you've seen it on the news where, you know, pilot gets, like, taken off the aircraft because he's still drunk, <laughs> uh, you know? Yeah. I mean, it obviously doesn't happen very often at all. We definitely have our limitations, but yeah, you get those younger pilots or even older pilots with guys who are just kind of over it. Yeah. <laughs> and they, uh, yeah, they uh, take to the bottle. Now, <laughs> so. Now- most of the time, are you back home every night? Um, it depends on what I pick up. I So I usually try to fly when I don't have my son. Mm-hmm. And so that is usually like Saturdays through Mondays, Sundays through Tuesdays, something around there. And then I'm home throughout all the week. Right. And so there's occasionally where like I'll do like four flights in a day and then I'll come back home. Right. And so... Yeah, that's nice when I can, but it makes for a long day, and I live about, like, an hour from the airport, so I try not to do that if I don't have to. It's just easier to kind of get all my hours in in an actual trip. All right, one more flight question. Well, hold on. I might have a couple. Oh, you have a couple more? I'm going to ask another one. I don't like to fly that much. Uh It's not my favorite thing to do. Have you ever been scared you're going to crash? Um, We've had some aborted landings. I, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say yes. Now what's We've an ab- what's an aborted boarding. what's that? So we're going in the land, mm-hmm. um, and say that there's something on the runway. So uh, we've literally been. I've had one flight where we've been within. I think it was the pilot said within like fifty feet <laughs> of the runway, <laughs> and they had to abort and they take off right away again. And so, boy, that would be the end for me. Looking at all the passengers, their faces are like, "What just happened?" (laughs) We were (laughs) landing. Yeah, see, landing. Yeah, landing don't bother me. Taking off scares the shit out of me. Nothing that big is supposed to get in the air. Everything that big is supposed to land. So that part don't bother me. You're ginormous. But I hate. I I do not like to taking off. Scares the piss out of me. I will fly anywhere nonstop. So only have to do it one time. Yeah. How many? Yeah, nonstop for the best. How many people get sick? Do you have somebody on every every day? Is somebody Ooh. getting sick, or is this something that you don't see very often? It only it only happens in like really bad turbulence. We had a guy, so we were flying from Salt Lake City to Aspen, mm-hmm. and I don't know if you know a lot about Aspen, Colorado, or the airport. Nope, jump uh, in there. But it it's one. Yeah, you guys should go. Yeah, you- um, it's one of those airports where. Uh, they have to have specific pilots who are qualified to fly into there. Right. And so, um, anyway, so obviously we're flying above the mountains and whatnot, and so it can get pretty turbulent. And so we ended up having to divert to Grand Junction, Colorado, because we couldn't land in Aspen. So Aspen has, like, mountains all around the runway, and it's only one way in and one way out. So they have just one runway, one runway and... Air traffic control is just trying to get everybody to land and then take off in, you know, appropriate timing. And so we couldn't get in. I think it was because of weather. And so we diverted to Grand Junction, and it was just choppy air going over there. And there was a guy in the back, and he was just white as a snowbird. (laughs) (laughs) As a snow goose, like literally. And so um, as soon as we land, he gets up and, like, 
darts towards the front of the aircraft, and he was puking the whole time. Like, I just got over, like, a sickness that day. I just got over a sickness that day, and the guy is just white, and, like, I can smell his throw-up. And I can... And he's not one of those, like, quiet... I, I mean, I don't know how you can be quiet while throwing up. Yeah. But he... Yeah, he was throwing up. I, I'm pretty sure you could hear it from the front of the aircraft. It was that bad. And, yeah, he was just white as a ghost, and I just felt so bad for him. My, wa- my wife but. says that I'm a loud throw upper, whenever. But I'm like you. I don't know how you can. I don't know how you can do that quiet. I mean, I really don't. No, no. But she. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, I don't know how you could do it quiet. Yeah, she says I, I put on the show. Like <laughs> yeah, she well, was that, pretty excessive about it. So let's talk about your life story. You grew up in a in a military family, correct? Yeah, all my family's pretty much veterans. My grandpa was in the Navy. He served in uh, Guadalcanal. And then um, my dad was in the Marine Corps. My other uncle was, or excuse me, my, my uncle was in, also in the Marine Corps, and my other uncle was in the Army. So, yeah, I come from, I was I don't call myself a military brat by any means, but, but- I was... You didn't, I definitely grew up around it. You didn't grow up hunting or nothing, and then you, you'd sent me your bio, and then when you got done, you 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 wanted to go in the Marines, but your dad didn't want you to be a Marine, right? Correct. Yeah, he. I mean, I was his only daughter, and I'm the youngest, so he didn't want to see me go off into war. I mean, this was, I joined in 2005, oh, and wow. so, you know, the stuff over in Afghanistan and Iraq was still going on, and so... Um, he didn't want to see me go off to, you know, war and get killed or anything like that, you know. So he did everything he could to just try to keep me home. So he sent or you do something else. He sent you to stewardess school then. Yeah. <laughs> and then you you snuck yeah, off he, and joined the Marines afterward afterwards. I did. Yeah, I wanted it that bad. <laughs> That's crazy. Oh. Yeah. I know I'm. I'm such a jerk. I look back at it now. I'm like, I'm so sorry, Dad. He's like, you owe me money. So, so <laughs> I'm you, like, I get it. So he, you tell him, hey, I'm off at this stewardess school. And what do you call what do you call that school if you're a dude? It's a steward school. Steward, yeah. I mean, they don't call us stewards or yeah. stewardesses. Jeff, they call a, us flight attendants now. Jeff is I way. He's care. way behind. Jeff is way behind the times. Okay. I'm he sorry. I'm sorry if friend. that. I'm sorry if that offended how, you. How many of them guys? No, it how, didn't. How, how many of them guys are stewards or whatever the hell they are? Flight attendants. Flight attendants. Yeah, I know. M- most of them are dating yeah. each other, anyways. They're not. Most of those are guys are gay, aren't they? Yeah, most of them are. You have some straight ones, though. Yeah, they always so. hit on me every time I get a guy one. That's why I got to watch out for them now. So, <laughs> you you tell your dad you're at flight attendant school, and then you sneak off to the Marines. And, yep. and and join that when when do you tell your dad after you sign the paperwork or oh yeah you... I told it after yeah I think he went I he was on vacation uh-huh. so I <laughs> I like PT'd with him for a while uh-huh. and I I was like set for it I wanted to retire in the Marine Corps is what my goal was right I wanted to be a drill instructor and stuff like that but um yeah I think he went I came home he went on vacation and as soon as he went on vacation I. Because I had to wait till turn eighteen to mm-hmm. legally sign for myself, so I was eighteen and I was like, "Let's do it." <laughs> so I did. And, I was a little shit. And what? I mean, I just can't imagine uh, how rough was it. I mean, you know, 
granted you were raised in this, but I mean, you know, now you're an 18 year old uh, uh, female going into uh, some of the roughest, uh, you know, raunchiest scene scenery that you can imagine. I mean, I, was it a culture shock or not? Not too bad. Oh, it was total shock. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if you've ever seen like the boot camp videos from the Marine Corps, but yes. yeah, it's definitely a shock. Yeah, most definitely. I um. So what attracted I mean, you to it? A, um. So I grew up like my like I said, my dad was a Marine, and so he um he always spoke very highly of them. And it, you know, if you've ever talked to any Marine, it's their pride and joy, sure. you know, of their of their life, you know, accomplishing, going through boot camp, you know, serving. Uh, you know, they talk about all of their military bases and assignments and stuff like that. And they take so much pride in it. And after going through, you know, part of boot camp, I can see why is because of how, like the expectations of you. Right. Um, it's definitely, um, <laughs> it's definitely amazing watching, um, you know, once you go from like what they, you know, going from the very beginning to the very end and watching the transformation that happens, it's absolutely amazing. And that's why I wanted to, when I went in originally, I wanted to be a drone instructor because I wanted to put people through that change. I wanted to, like, right. push them to be better, push them to, you know, yeah. do better for themselves and change their lives. So, Why not be a personal but, instructor? You can do that and not have to go through all that hell. Yeah, I know. I, um, I... I've done some fitness competitions and stuff like that mm -hmm. myself, but I've never, I help people on the side. I like, I don't really like to do it for like any sort of money or anything like that. I think it kind of takes away the fun of it. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> now do they, like, I'm sure, go ahead, finish that. Oh, I was going to say, I'm sure like you guys can understand that from, um, with, as far as hunting goes, like, whereas you're going out for fun versus where you're doing it for work. Sure. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like yeah, because we don't... A total difference. We don't ever get a hunt know? for fun no more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure, you know, and, and I've uh, experienced that, like, scouting and, you know, that scouting life and whatnot and all that you guys go through. And it's a lot of hard work. Yeah. Hard, hard work. Well, for just, sure. Just like, early being, morning. just like being a flight attendant, the the customers have a tendency to ruin a whole lot of things. <laughs> so, yeah. So, uh, yeah. when you're in boot camp, do they do they uh, separate men and women? Yeah, they don't go the same one. They don't go to the same one. Yeah. Yeah. So anybody, um, so all women go to Paris Island, South Carolina, and then men with west of the Mississippi go to. San Diego NCRD, mm -hmm. and then anybody east of the Mississippi go to South Carolina as well. But yeah, they separate us. Oh, well. They did separate us. I'm pretty sure they still do well, nowadays. But you're without sounding tacky. You're a rather attractive lady. So did oh well, well, thank you. When you're a flight attendant, I'm sure you get hit on all the time, and you're you're on Instagram, and you're you're a fitness model and a and a, like I said, an attractive woman. Do you deal with a lot of people? That, that treat you different in the hunting business because of the way you look? Um, you know, I don't, I don't, I think most people who like come on the plane kind of want to get to point A from A to B. Right. And so I think most people are generally pretty good. Um, cause none I of my flight attendants like, look like you ever. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> 
Gotta find I Delta. I, I've got some friends, though. They're pretty attractive. All of my friends are attractive, I think. But, I always get um, the old 85-year-old woman on American Airlines that's on her last days. And doesn't want to bring your fucking ginger ale. Yeah. Damn it. I'll give you, if I ever see you on a plane, I'll give you all the ginger ale. Yeah. <laughs> Promise. Yeah. Promise. But... Um, so so, do you get hit on in these uh, 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 on these airplanes and everything? Yeah, I've had people. Um, it's funny because I was showing Tyler. I sent Tyler. I think I still have it in my bag. Actually, there was a guy who wrote like a legit note. Like I think it was like kind of like a poem to me. <laughs> and he left it. He wrote it on a napkin, and then he left it on the seat. Was his and name I think Tony it was Stanfield? Down to Houston. <laughs> that sounds like Tony Stanfield. Like- <laughs> Jeff's brother. My brother's cheesy that way. Did he make you a paper rose also? Um, no, it, he turned it into an airplane. Whoa. Which was cute. Very creative. Talented. Your, your yeah. brother went to Houston. Yeah. Yeah, so he went he we were actually in Houston when I received it. I was like, "What is this airplane?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, paper napkin. And then I opened it up and he's like, "Hold on, let me let me go get it real quick." <laughs> I think it's in my bag still. Oh. It's funny. She's keeping it. Oh, there's some cheese balls out there. <laughs> I'm telling you, that's some shit that your brother would do. Oh, I know it is. That's that's Tony Ritter. Hold on, do I have it? <laughs> oh. oh, yes, I have it. Okay, Let me ask you this. If you didn't have a boyfriend, so. would you have given this guy your number? No way. No, no way. <laughs> no. No, and that was, it was really awkward because when I got um, into the airport because we had a little bit of a break. I went to go eat, grab some pizza, mm-hmm. and him and his friends <laughs> were like right there. Oh, no. <laughs> and so it was awkward for me. I could only imagine how awkward it was for him. Mm-hmm. So let's see here. It says, Tasha, you probably get a million compliments all the time. This plane may not fly, but I hope you enjoy this flight. <laughs> From that, Connor's beanie head <laughs> his number what, what, what's his fo- what's his number we can make him famous right here <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I can't. don't do that i won't disclose his number because it was sweet he goes i would love to take you on a date when my business trip is over and then on the other side it goes to the prettiest flight attendant ever he goes my way of being creative because he turned it into a plane mm. And then let's see here. I'm turning it. May good not God. be the best napkin plane, but it's pretty good. <laughs> Can you imagine sitting next to this guy thinking, surely, yeah. Chot, you're not going to do this. You're now, not you? going to give that to her, are you? <laughs> or his buddies are so going to mine. I would be. I'd be like, yeah, Tony, do that. Go ahead. That'll work. She's into you. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, I just gave you guys an idea to hit on a hot flight attendant. Yeah. Make, uh-huh. make them a paper so get, airplane. Get, well, I'm old and married, and, and Andy's young and married, so we're not going to be hitting on no flight attendants. But I don't see very many flight attendants on that are the trophy class that you would want to hit on. No. Most of mine are grouchy every time <laughs> I get them. Or they date, they're, they're dating the grouchy. same sex. You give me, you give me like, flight number six, and I'm, I'm pretty grouchy. <laughs> I don't put up with anybody's crap. <laughs> so. So, so yeah. kicking people off the plane – they make an emergency landing when it, and what what's the protocol for that it, when it gets to that point? You're in big trouble. I understand, but do you, you talk to the pilot and like, listen, we're about to kick Joe Schmo off, land this thing so we can get him off, or what? 
You're talking about like if I have a bad passenger or yep. if we have like a fire inside the aircraft. No, you're about to bump um, a passenger off the plane. Um, I'm pretty taller and I've never had to kick a passenger off. Um, but if we do, if someone gets like physically abusive towards us or verbally abusive to us, I mean, we all each have kind of like our own tolerance levels mm-hmm. and what we can and can't handle. And so, but if that happens, then yeah, we talk to the pilot and most of, I'd say 99% of the pilots have our back and they don't, you know, because if we're distraught, then like how, like if something happens in the cabin, how are we going to handle any kind of emergency situation? And so we, and like I said, like we try to take care of it on the ground before, like as we're boarding we get a general feel for everybody. And if someone's being like an asshole on the ground, we don't want to deal with them in the air. Right. And so we try to get them off before we even go. And so, but sometimes people get a little too drunk and we have to cut them off. And sometimes I've heard, I've never had it personally happen to me. It's like people will get kind of belligerent and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, in that case, I know usually what happens is you talk to the captain and they'll have to divert somewhere, um, especially if it becomes like a safety issue. If like we feel like our safety, you know, is in jeopardy, then uh, we'll divert and then we'll take them off. A lot of a lot of the pilots don't put up with it because you know who wants because they're going to have to deal with it later. We're going to be complaining to them, you know, like why didn't you take care of this for us? Really? You know, so yeah, oh. yeah, definitely. I was on a flight one time where a guy that was with us got too drunk and they wouldn't let him on a plane. He was mm-hmm. too drunk in the lobby? He was too drunk in the airport and they was going through the, you know, checking in and he was fucking mm-hmm. staggering and shit. His dumb ass yeah. got left at the airport. <laughs> we, were yeah. go- we were going to Mexico yeah, or somewhere. To, yeah, we're taught to look out for that kind of stuff. So, like, we can't accept people onto the plane, you know, if they're drunk. Mm-hmm. They're, you know, because altitude changes their uh level of intoxication if that makes sense yeah this dipshit so the higher the altitude the higher the altitude the less air they have to breathe and so they get drunker faster Ooh. and so uh you know like it, we can't accept someone on the plane if they're drunk does that make sense yeah because then I, it's going to heighten in the air and I tell you, that is true because I had two Heinekens on my flight to Canada one year and I was legit mm-hmm. like I stood up and I was like oh that's not not normally yeah. how that hits me. Did you make any paper yeah. airplanes for the girl? <laughs> no, I did okay. not. My ass was so <laughs> clenched trying to get into Canada off this flight that I, I I was just drinking as much as I could find. But yeah, I had two Heinekens <laughs> and, and I stood up and I was like, Woo, that normally is not uh the result of just two Heinekens. So Right. Okay. Yeah. Natasha, yeah. we're gonna talk about we're gonna talk about hunting a little bit. You uh okay. You're an interesting podcast lady for us to have because you're not in the hunting business, really. I mean, you're not no, selling hunts, and you're new to hunting. <laughs> How long have you been waterfowl hunting? Uh, I just started this last season. That's crazy. How many How many banded <laughs> yeah. birds did you kill this year? Oof. I, you know, like we had that one. I'm. I think you might have seen it. That one last good, like, like. It was a phenomenal day where we killed the 17 banded birds and then the two <laughs> goose collars. It was, I don't know how the hell it happened. I don't know how many bands. So me personally, okay, so I'm going into it and 
I'm just trying to shoot, you know, like I know, I know the birds that I've for sure killed and stuff like that. So like any bands that we get at the end of the day, if they're not for sure who has killed them, you know, if we hunt in big groups, then we just do a draw at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. So, so far I've gotten two personally, um, as a big group, I'd have to ask Tyler, um, Hold on. Let me, let, do you guys mind if I ask him real go quick? Go ahead. No, go ahead. Okay. She got it. 17 and a net collar? Two net collars in a day. What the hell? We killed 46 bands this This year. season? How many birds did y'all kill total? This season. Excuse me. What the How hell? many birds did we kill? Yeah, total. How many birds did we kill? I don't know. We're not sure. It was like over... Probably like around 450, I think. About 450. So less than 500 birds and you killed four. So you killed a banded bird for every 10 birds you kill. I'm coming to hunt with yeah. you this year. Please come. Come out, guys. My goodness. That's crazy, isn't it? And y'all season goes. Now, yeah. are y'all still shooting speckle bellies out there? We don't. No. We don't have a lot of speckle bellies that come through here. Yeah. We don't have any speckle bellies that come here. We're, we're thinking about going here this month to Oregon. To try to shoot spec, I don't know if it's going to happen or not. But so, um, so you started dating this no, guy. No, don't come through here either. What you started dating this guy, and he's a hunter, mm-hmm. and he got you into hunting. Yeah, that's a, he that, sure did. That's a good boyfriend because <laughs> a lot of guys don't want their girlfriends or wives hunting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think like he would hear like me bitching a lot <laughs> if he didn't take me. Oh, so you, you bitched a lot, anyways. So. <laughs> I like the outdoors anyways, so, and I think, like, I'm, like, kind of okay to be around, so, so the, you know. So, the first, the first time he says, okay, here, here's the deal, we're going to get up at uh, an ungodly time, and mm-hmm. it's going to be dark, it's going to be cold, we're going to set out a, a bunch of decoys, were you kind of hesitant at first, or were you just all in, like, yeah, let's do this? Oh, I'm a thousand percent in. Yeah. I'm so in. <laughs> yeah. Because I've never done it before, so. Mm-hmm. I mean, my personality, of course, I'm a flight attendant. Like, I love, like, the adventure, you know? Mm-hmm. I love <laughs> the unknown. And so I was all about it as far as that goes. The first time we actually got skunked, it wasn't cold yet. It was, I think, in September that we first went out, and we didn't get anything. Um, it was kind of, it was my first time. He did that on purpose. And, <laughs> I know, huh? He's like, he was trying to break like, you. Maybe it's. He's like, maybe if we don't get birds, she yep. won't come anymore. Hundred <laughs> percent, that was his thinking. <laughs> <laughs> I've been down that road before. I had a client tell me that once. He brought his wife. Did he really? Yes, he brought his wife on a hunt, and he called me and he told me before. He said, "Hey, I'm bringing my old lady out here with me." I was like, "Okay, that's you know, we had we had a lot of women," and he said, "I want you to give us the worst hunt you possibly can." I'm like, "Yeah, ha ha ha." He said, no, "I'm serious." So when he gets here, he tells me again, he said, I do not want this to be a good experience at all because I don't want her to ever come back again with us. <laughs> and that's what he wanted. He wanted to have a shitty hunt and her to be miserable and where she would never come back. So see, you no, just, you stuck with it. Yeah, you were a, you're not a quitter. No, I want to kill things. <laughs> so what was your, no, Tyler- your, your first good hunt? When, when was that and how many? Give us the details of your first one where you were like, yep. This is what I'm doing. So, 
Tyler's always been one that he loves, but he loves hitting limits. He loves killing a ton of birds. He loves when they decoy, et cetera, et cetera. But he's been doing it forever. For me, I'm like, oh, there's a bird. Right, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> and if I kill one, then it's like, please. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was, the, let's see, after the first, after we got skunked, we went up to Canada. So that was like my first official goose hunting trip. And so we went up to Canada. I think we got skunked one of those days up in Canada. I think it was actually the very first day I was sitting in, you know, negative temperatures. It was up by Winnipeg Mm. somewhere up in Manitoba. And um, so I was just trying to tough the cold and stuff like that. So I tough. We all set up and we're sitting there forever. And no birds are flying. No birds are decoying into the decoys. And Tyler's out scouting for a new field. And um, where was I going with this? I don't know. What was your question your, again? Your, your, <laughs> first, your first good hunt where you were like, yes, this this is something that I can start doing. Oh, The, the hunt okay. that got you hooked. Well, I mean, I mean, technically that was my very first hunt where I got stumped because I just loved being outdoors. Right. And I loved, like, the anticipation of it. But when we were up in Canada, I mean, first of all, it was a new, I mean, obviously, I've been to Canada before, but I've never been to Canada hunting or out of the country hunting. Mm-hmm. And so the minute that I saw it start working for us, that they started decoying, um, I think it was like a really, really cloudy day from what I remember. It had just barely snowed. It was a cloudy day. And the geese started just coming and coming and coming. Um, it was just amazing just to even watch them, yeah. watch them come into the field and watch them like work it. Mm-hmm. They they started working the field and they would like, you know, circle around just to make sure that all was good. And then they started trying to land and the anticipation of like when someone's going to call it, because obviously I'm not going to call it because I don't know <laughs> when to, you know, I didn't know when to shoot. But that anticipation of like, okay, are we going to get them? Are we going to get them? Yeah. You know, and coming from someone who like hasn't really hunted or killed it, like a goose is like the first thing I've ever killed. Okay. Mm-hmm. Purposefully. <laughs> <laughs> so. So, like, you know, like, I've got some empathy for him, you know, and so, but, like, that moment that they start decoying, like, I'm not even thinking about, like, oh, well, what if they have to go home to their family, (laughs) you know, I'm like, like, let's shoot them, (laughs) they're right there, you know, and so, that high that you get from, like, your first hunts is amazing, and I wish everybody could, like, experience that, because, you know, you get your... Uh, people who are, you know, your animal activists and stuff like that who, you know, don't want anything to happen to, like, these animals and stuff like that. And, I mean, obviously, we, like, harvest them and we use the meat and stuff like that. But, um, like, that, it's just amazing to watch them, the whole experience in general, but the anticipation of, like, seeing if they're going to work it and come into your field. and, And from there on out, it's just, gold now, now <laughs> do you it. do you have any of of these anti of these uh, anti hunters that you work with you tell them what you're doing on the weekends and they kind of look down on you oh yeah a hundred percent so mm. i mean before this like we've tried coyote hunting and stuff like that 
But I never really got into like a solid hunting season until waterfowl season happened. Mm-hmm. And I, so keep in mind, like I work with the airline industry and a lot of people tend to be more, um, uh, more Democrat yep. and stuff like that. It's just the industry in general, which I have no problem with. I also have in the previous, uh, previous years gone to like house builds in Mexico and stuff like that. And so I have a lot of people that I'm friends with from California and they're all vegan and they all like are against animal cruelty and stuff like that. And so they've like, you know, gave me some shit, but I'm just like, okay, but we're using it, you know, like, can you like, you can't shit on someone like who's hunting for, their own meat who's like helping conservation sure. you know like you just can't do that you can't argue you know, with them people anyways it ain't gonna do you no good yeah you can't it's just like it's just a losing argument yeah to, to do it with them so i try to and a lot of them still follow me i've had a lot of people unfollow me from instagram or unfriend me from facebook and you know it is what it is like i'm not gonna hide what i love to do or what I like to shoot, <laughs> you know, for your feelings. So I just keep chugging. You know, it is what it is. So yeah, but, you know, kind of- you'll replace them with some some really cool people on uh, Facebook and Instagram that are like-minded individuals. Absolutely. So yeah. let them go. Have you found any good recipes for these birds yet? What, what, what do you like? So, <clears throat> so I haven't. <clears throat> Excuse me. I haven't cooked um, the duck yet, but for geese, I have, um, if you slow cook them, you just salt and pepper them, put whatever spice you want on them, and slow cook them for, you know, um, about, it takes a while to slow cook them, so about eight eight to ten hours. Mm -hmm. Just put it in the crock pot on low, and you fill it up with water, or excuse me, not with water, with, uh, I, I put pork broth. And I put chicken broth in it. And it tasted like the dark meat of turkey, basically. Hmm. And so it was really good. And um, I'm trying to, like, get back in the shape and, like, meal prep and stuff like that. And it's so nice to be able to use the geese for that, you know, to have a protein source. Because I got to imagine that one one goose breast has got to be pretty close to a serving, right? Pretty close? A couple meals. Oh, it's easily. a couple. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, it depends on how much you eat, of course, but... What do you weigh, a buck uh, five? <laughs> I definitely weigh a little bit more than that. She's all muscle, <laughs> Jeff. I'm trying to get down to a buck five. Are you, compete- are you competing in something again, or is this just something that you've uh, uh, set in your mind? I am just trying to get back into shape before I competed. Competing kind of ruined me. Um, I went too hard um, for so long, and then after going so hard for so long and being so, like, goal-oriented, once I didn't have a goal of competing, I just dropped off the wagon. And so right now I'm just trying to maintain that balance um, of working out but still throwing some wine down at the end of the (laughs) night, you know? You know, like, oh, I can still drink wine and throw down some you know, beer. That's why. That's why I quit bodybuilding myself, right there. So, so were these body? These were bodybuilding competitions, or were these uh, something else? Uh, uh, 
No, they were bodybuilding competitions. I did the bikini division so back how, in the day. So how much are you working out whenever you're trying to compete in these things? Is it two, three times a day? What, what was your regimen? Um, It was originally two times a day. Oh, so um, That's a full-time job. Yeah. It is a. It was a full time job on top of a full time job on top of being a parent. You know what I'm saying? Right. And so it was just too much. It was too too much. But I needed the fitness competitions to get through some, some you know, just life in general yeah. at the time. And so it was something good that I needed to focus on. So what? When, when <laughs> were you doing these workouts? Early in the morning, late at night? You know, you're talking about doing a full time job and then you're a, a parent. When when did That's you get in the these day. in? Back in the day when I competed, I um I would work out at five in the morning every morning, and then I would sometimes depending upon which competition I did, like I had different coaches for each competition. My second competition, I wasn't doing a ton of cardio, but I would still go back and do some cardio for however long not not very long at my second competition, but yeah. And what's so generally two a days. What's the nutrition like? Because it's got to be fairly restrictive, I'm, I'm assuming. Yeah, it's restrictive. Um, I had different nutrition for both of my competitions. So the first competition was virtually like no fat. You know, you're eating bare minimum. You know, I, like if anybody's looking to compete, I highly do not recommend it because I think it ruins you. Um, but How so? Uh, Just with- burns you out or, or hurts your body? It hurts your, it both, both. Um, so I had like really bad, I would say body dysmorphia for a really long time. So like, like I am right now, like I look at myself right now and I don't think I'm like terrible at all. But, um, back in the day, like right after my fitness competition, if I couldn't see my abs or if I couldn't see like my shoulders popping now, it was a big deal. Really? Does that make sense? And so it messes up your mentality. It messes up your nutrition. You binge. So I don't recommend it at all. It's just, it's better to have like a balanced approach to like fitness, you know, like still have a beer. Yeah. Go eat a pizza. You know what I'm saying? Like it doesn't have to be so extreme. So how long does it take uh, you to get over that, that, that mindset of, oh fuck, I can't, I can only see four of my abs how long does it take to get over the mindset of constantly beating yourself up once you're done competing? Took, I think it took me three years. After my last competition, it took me three years to be like, okay, I'm fine. Right. Like, this is just a normal body. You're fine. You can eat pizza. You can eat a beer, you know, or drink a beer, excuse me, and you're fine. You're, you're normal, you know. Right. Um, they take it to just the extreme, and it's like I can't even follow hardly any fitness like Instagram people anymore (laughs) because I can see their obsession with it. And it like disgusts me because like, they're just, they're just trying to impress the internet, (laughs) you know? Yeah. And it's just a terrible mentality to be in, you know, go have a beer. (laughs) You'll be fine. I promise. Now I'm, I'm going to ask you a question here. Do you think that you have an addictive personality because, uh, you know, you're all in on the fitness and now, waterfowl has taken that place do you think that you have a little bit of an addictive personality a hundred percent i know it (laughs) well at least you admit it yeah no i totally do i totally have an addictive personality um that's what with with the fitness thing like i'm trying to balance is because like i'm usually a very black and white personality i mean either all in or not in at all right 
And so um, with fitness, I'm just trying to take that balanced approach of like, okay, I can work out. I can also have beer later if I want to. Like, I'm not, I'm not competing. I'm just trying to get in shape to chase damn freaking geese all over the field <laughs> if we don't keep one night away, you know, yeah. like, or elk hunt and, you know, hike in a foot worth of snow <laughs> yeah. that killed me. You know, like, I'm just trying to, I've changed my mindset to be like, towards hunting actually with fitness is let's get in shape so i can chase down those geese and not feel winded when i'm coming back Are you know or let's let's get in shape so i can you know easily hike up or you know more easily hike up the mountain right. with a foot foot of a foot of snow you know because that really burned me out this last season of like doing all of that and realizing how out of shape i am <laughs> <laughs> are, are, so, i'm just trying to trying to get better for next season are you gonna are you starting have you picked up a call and starting to call now yeah i'm i'm trying i haven't actually been practicing as much as i should be recently um i'm gonna be getting a new call here soon um and hopefully i've been used just just using tyler's because he has like three he has a duck call and then two goose calls mm -hmm. and so i've just been practicing on his um but i'm hoping to get really really good because i want i really really want to go out by myself not because right. like i want to be by myself but i want to challenge myself to go out by myself and try to decoy geese in like i would that would be a highlight of my life being able to call geese in by myself you know yeah i'm killing them just talking <laughs> to you i have no doubt that uh you're gonna be you're gonna be great at it you've got you've got the personality and you know um as somebody that goose calls a little bit, I can tell you that once you kind of get a couple notes down, everything else just kind of, you know, it, it kind of builds on each other. So uh, if you could take anything from this podcast, I'd say just get a couple notes, get really good at them, and then you can build everything else. And really, you know, are you hunt you're hunting mainly big geese, I'm assuming? Yeah. Yeah. You're yeah. good. You're uh, good. You, don't, you don't have to do anything fancy on the call. Couple clucks, right. moans, and you're yeah, yeah, yeah. You're definitely, good. I'm so excited. Like I said, I, I'm I'm excited for maybe that one day where I can go back, go out by myself and do it. I'm really really excited for it. And, and like setting spreads and everything, you you got you got all that down and everything. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I'm trying to learn. Like I said, I've been trying to learn like how to set up the spreads and whatnot this past season. Um. And, like, you know, like, what to do with the wind, what to do, you know, with, like, where to put, like, the hole where they can decoy into, yeah. you know. And um, it's been really, really fun. Like, what kind of conditions will they decoy into, like, you know, better? Like, what kind of weather conditions? And, like, scouting, I'm determined to try to scout more this next year so I can go look on my own. Scouting by um, yourself is overrated, trust me. <laughs> I do a lot of that by myself. Lots. <laughs> Oh, I'm sure you do. Yeah, I'm sure you do. I guess I'm I'm trying to be my own guide, <laughs> basically. That's okay. Um, but I mean, essentially, at the end of the day, it's really really fun with a bunch of people. That um, that that being able to share that experience. That's why I like waterfowl hunting over any other. You know, I'm not a big deer hunter or anything because waterfowl you can you can still be social. So if the hunting sucks, at least you got your buddies with you. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, um, how, how big of a, which by the way, I wanted to ask you guys, how big of a, a group have you guys had? Like what's the biggest group you guys have ever had? 30. 
30? 30 guys in one group. And we shot a limit. How many geese? We shot, you shot your limit? We shot 151 dark geese that morning, Canada geese. That's nuts. Yeah. That's nuts. What's funny to me, and I'm, of course I'm new, like I, it's crazy to think that the geese would come down that far um, to Texas. Yeah. But they, they do every year. God, well, you know. Just keep the hope they keep doing. Let's it. just hope that they keep <laughs> doing it. And you know, know. They, they're the I ones that they go the farthest up into the Arctic too. So really, they're the ones that kind of travel the furthest. We don't right. shoot a lot of big birds like y'all do. We're killing uh, small geese. Yeah, small geese and speckle bellies. Oh, I wish I want to shoot a speck so bad, and I want to shoot a snow. We've got some snow decoys, but we don't have enough. Do you guys shoot snows down there? Some. We probably killed a hundred snow geese this year total with. And out of six or seven thousand geese, I don't even know how many birds we killed this year. I don't either. But I would guess okay. maybe a hundred snow geese, maybe. We don't, oh, we don't get a so lot cool. of them, but we get we yeah we usually get. And I can tell you this: this this last year we got a couple every hunt. We didn't shoot a whole bunch. It might just be two or three. But the snows, I think yeah. every hunt we would get one or two. Yeah, we kill more snows, snows every year. I mean, we killed more snows this year. Every year we kill more and more of them. We yeah, kill a lot of specks, we kill snows, and we kill lots of small candidates here. And we kill some big candidates okay. in Oklahoma, but nothing like what y'all are shooting. Y'all are shooting 12, 13-pound birds in the mountains, aren't y'all? Yeah. What? Yeah. What's the coldest? Go ahead. Go ahead. What's the coldest? No, go ahead. Finish what you were going to say. Oh, excuse me. I was going to say a lot of our birds are a lot of the local birds. Right. So um, we're not in the migratory area. So uh-huh. a lot of the... It seems like a lot of the migratory birds go down to Kansas, go down to Arkansas and stuff like that. Um, a lot of our birds. So when we're, I know we have to like set up a certain way and uh, I don't exactly know. Like I said, I'm still trying to figure it out because I'm so new. But it's really, really interesting because they really work us. Like when we're sitting down there and Luckily, Tyler knows how Tyler knows how to call really, really well. Mm-hmm. And so, if I was just moaning at them, they would they would definitely fly off far yeah. away. <laughs> yeah. But um, we're, yeah, we end up like having to work them hard to try to get into the fields, and it's it's pretty crazy. Like I said, like that last that one of the last hunts we had was absolutely amazing. I don't think we can ever duplicate it, but. <laughs> Oh, with the, was, with with all the awesome. with all the bands and everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, we don't get any snows really. You I just, know. I think I've maybe I've heard of some snows coming through, like middle western Utah, but unfortunately, we don't get a lot of snows. Otherwise, I'd be like on it every weekend. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be down. What's the coldest uh, weather that you hunted in this last year? Oh, that had to have been. Either in Canada or Idaho. So we went up to Idaho and we hunted on the river. Yeah. And so, you know, you're rolling through a boat and it's you know, wind in your face and stuff like that. And it got cold. I heavily rely on, you know, the hand warmers and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. that. That gets me through and keeps me sane throughout it all. Me too. Um, yeah. I'd say in Canada, it was, I think, like negative 17, negative 20. Mm. Yeah, that's tough. It's hard to get excited yeah, for those hot. days. Yeah, I don't know how cold it gets down in Texas, but 
Not negative 17. No. Worst we've ever yeah. seen is zero, probably zero, negative one, negative no. two. That, a couple years ago, it was uh, seven below, eight below. Well, that was in Oklahoma, not here. You don't think it was yeah. cold here? Well, it was cold here, but I don't know exactly how cold it was. Oklahoma can get cold. Yes, yeah. we do. I've been, there. I've been to Oklahoma City before, and yeah, it can definitely get cold there. Um, you know why geese fly yeah. upside down when they fly over Oklahoma? What? You know why geese fly Sorry. upside down? Because uh, you know why geese fly upside down whenever they go over Oklahoma? Why? Because there's nothing to see your shit on. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you can take that. Next time you go into Oklahoma or anything, you can use that. Passengers will love it. I will. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be like, Andy told you this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, now, Natasha, after you told everybody you did some bikini competitions, they're going to want to know your Instagram. So go ahead and plug your stuff real quick. Pull up my stuff. Plug okay. your stuff. Tell them where they can see you at. What's your Instagram? All right. So my Instagram is Natasha underscore Mansfield, um, M-A-N-S-F-I-E-L-D, Mans and then Fields. Um, I'm also on Facebook. You can find me just under the same name. Um, uh, I don't really use Twitter. I have a Twitter, but I don't really use Twitter. Yeah. But anyways, yeah. How did you get hooked up with the Dive Bomb guys? Just use their product and, and started promoting them on Instagram? Or how did that all come about? Tyler has bought so many of their decoys. And then I bought him a lot of decoys for Christmas. I bought him like 10 dozen snow goose decoys mm -hmm. to try to build ourselves up. But originally what happened is Tyler tagged me in a post of dive bombs when I first started dating him. I think it was for like a free hoodie or something like that. And I, I was like, won. okay, cool. <laughs> And then I won. Imagine like, that. Holy shit. <laughs> and then they, I know. <laughs> Asher's very open-minded. <laughs> so they send me not only a hoodie, I think it was like a, um, a winning for like a hoodie or something like that. So they send me a hoodie, then they send me like two shirts, a ton of stickers, and that's how I was like, oh shit, they take care of like their people. Yeah, and there's so some fat girl somewhere that there's a fat girl in Nebraska that tried to win the same <laughs> shit. She ain't got nothing yet. She didn't get a sticker. <laughs> well, maybe maybe Asher will be like, okay, fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Asher knows better. Asher knows better. Yeah. The only the only fat person I bomb ever since anything too is me. Yeah. They don't like fat people other than Jeff. So They're like, we don't make sizes for you. It's not our fault. <laughs> yeah, that, that's right. They don't come in girl sizes. So so you got through your first year of waterfowl hunting. What are you wanting to accomplish in your second year? Other than hunting by yourself, because we've talked about that. What's what's something that you want to see this year? Um, I would love to shoot a speck or a snow goose. I would also... I mean, like I said, like you said, go out, go out, go out by myself. Mm -hmm. But I would love to be able to call in geese. Yeah. Like I really, really, really want to be able to call right. and learn how to call and do the different, you know, sounds and whatnot that I need to do to, like, you know, if they try to decoy in and they flare, mm -hmm. you know, if they take off, I want to be able to try to call them back in, like Tyler can. Right. <laughs> so, um. Luckily, I'm I'm with like a good guy who like knows how to do all that stuff. So, 
he's been really, really good at teaching me everything. So, um, uh, anywhere, that, anywhere in particular that you're wanting to hunt this year, or you just wherever Tyler says yeah. we're going. I want to go to Saskatchewan uh-huh. really bad. Um, really, really want to travel. I'm willing to travel for birds for sure. Um, I love. I would love to go out. I've heard the hype of shooting in uh, flooded timber mm-hmm. with ducks. Mm-hmm. So I'd love to make my way out to Arkansas just to experience it. You know, like, we mostly shoot geese, but, like, in Idaho, like, when we went to Idaho, we shot ducks and whatnot. Um, they're fast fuckers. <laughs> yeah, they <laughs> they're are. so yeah. fast. Yeah, they are. <laughs> yeah. They're so fast. This is unbelievable. Yeah. Um, but I would love to, I would love to do a flooded timber sh- shoot one time. Or m- multiple times, whatever. <laughs> now, with your job, so, is it easy for you to uh, to kind of with your job? Is it easy for you to pick a place, like okay, and 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 maybe pick up a shift in that area, or do you only fly yeah. certain parts of the country? No, I fly all over the uh, country, and uh, generally speaking, I can usually pick up a trip where I want to go, right? Um, um, or I go for hours of course like what i need um but yeah if i want to go somewhere i'll try to look if it's available i'll pick it up if not it is what it is so so i wish i could bring my gun with me yeah oh you can't (laughs) bring oh you couldn't bring your gun with you i mean i could if i checked it right but i mean that's a whole nother step to right dealing with assholes on planes Yeah. So, so if you wanted to do this Arkansas trip, you could pick up a pick up a job there and have two, two a day or two. You could you could borrow a gun. You could do that. You got you got this. You're gonna have an amazing year this next this next season. I hope so. I'm so excited about it. Like I wish we could just skip summer. Yeah, yeah it would no. be a lot of fun. I'm sure Tyler would enjoy it too. But. You, you, I would enjoy it too. <laughs> you've got a lot of weights to lift in between now and then because you got to get in shape for chasing those geese around. You know what you need next? I know. So that you don't have to chase these birds around. You just need a really good dog. It's so true. I've been begging Tyler to get me four golden retrievers. There you but are. I know like retrievers I usually want. aren't like the dog to use. What, what? I just want them to cuddle with. But Let's not get old. You just need one. You don't need four. Yes. <laughs> I'm just an extremist. Yeah, <laughs> that is that is no shit. I can tell. Okay, okay, like I'll, I'll I just need one. Yeah, one cute, amazing dog. There you go. Well, Natasha, probably a lab. We we really really appreciate you taking time out of your day, uh, and it is yeah. Nat- at Natasha underscore Mansfield on Instagram. Correct. Yes, sir. So go follow her. She's a new hunter. Any tips would be appreciated. Uh, so, yeah, like mm-hmm. I said, we really, really appreciate you coming on. And, uh, yeah, I hope you had a good time because uh, uh, this was a fun podcast. I did. Thank you so much. It was an honor to be on it. And I'm thankful to uh, talk to you guys all over the phone. So it's been fun. Where, where's your next trip to uh, uh, working, flying? Where are you going to next? Um, I do the same trip I did last weekend. So I go to Atlanta. I end up in Atlanta. Um, and then I end up in L.A. again. Oof. So pray for me. Have fun. <laughs> Enjoy California and all them liberals. I know. <laughs> it's true. 
<laughs> well, you be safe very, out. Very you be safe out there, and you watch out for them guys giving out yeah. paper airplanes on the or the napkin airplanes on the plane. And hey, next like time, next, next time you get that, put that on your Instagram. That'd be great. We would love that. Yeah, I uh, if you ever get, if you ever find your way down to Texas and it's hunting season, uh, look us up and we'll uh, we'll go shoot some shit. Absolutely, I would love to. It'd be an honor. Perfect. All right, Natasha, you take care of yourself, yeah. okay? Okay. Thank you, guys. Have a good one. Hey, God bless you, babe. Bye. Interesting deal. Yep. First year hunting. Yeah, I saw that picture on her Insta. 17 bands one day. God almighty. And a net collar. Two net collars. When, when, when she said. Bragging. When she said that she was in the bikini fitness. Yeah, everybody. Every man all on of our, our deal, listeners are like. Yep. We're, fucking, gonna, we're checking her out. We're pulling over. <laughs> we're getting on Instagram. We're going to see what this is all about. <laughs> as soon as she said that, that's what I was thinking. That right yeah. there. If you look at the uh, our uh, hits on our, the an, what do you call it, analytics on our yeah. podcast, yeah. you're going to see a big stop right there. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's going to be looking her up. Okay. Uh, I just got a fall, uh, 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 message. Well, this goes to the other podcast that we did. Fox was talking. Uh, I asked. You asked the question, how do Catholics and Jewish people vote for Democrats? Yes. Uh, he didn't really say. Never okay, it's all that for nothing. Huh? Well, I got three fucking texts from him, and I'm like, okay, let me look at this. And back to that other podcast, Case Keenum is now the Redskins quarterback. The Broncos just traded him to Washington. Poor guy. Oh, well. What do you mean, poor guy? He made a lot of money. So If they sign Antonio Brown, they got a quarterback and a wide receiver. They have a great defense. They had a lot of injuries last year. They were six and two at one time, yep. winning the division until they got hurt. <sighs> All right, next week we're going to have on Sean Weaver. Yep, and we will have. We're going to have him on this week, but he's under the weather. Yep, we'll have him on next week with us. Uh, y'all have a good weekend. We'll have a we'll have a podcast out either Sunday night or Monday night, depends on how what we got going on, and we'll have three podcasts again next week. Yeah. Checks out at stanfieldhunting.com. Also, I had an opening come out. I had a group that had to cancel on me for opening weekend of dove season. So I've got one spot available for a group. So I could do uh, anywhere from 10 to 14 guys opening and in, weekend. And in case you didn't hear it the first two times, it's Natasha underscore Mansfield because I know you're wanting to check her out on Instagram. I'm already friends with her on Instagram. Not you, dickhead, <laughs> the listeners. All right. All right, everybody have a great weekend, okay?